back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Diamonds are forever! Woo! Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. 8.03 is the time. Hour number two here on Sports 56 Mornings, the Friday, December 29th, 2023 edition. Final show for us here in the calendar year of 2023. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Currently 37 degrees, got a little misty rain, but today, this afternoon, for the game, partly cloudy and a high of 42. I don't see any precip in the forecast. Winds 5 to 10 miles per hour, but again, you never know. Mostly clear skies with a low of 32 tonight, and then tomorrow to get your Saturday going, a few clouds from time to time with a high near 51 degrees. Second hour of the program is brought to you each and every day by our friends at James Gaddis Jewelers. They are your family's jeweler at 4900 Poplar. Right between Mendenhall and St. Nick in the heart of East Memphis, on the web at GaddisJewelers.com. And each Monday and Friday, they bring you the Memphis Sports Fact. Did you know? We've been talking about the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game. Well, in the 2017 game between Iowa State and Memphis, Tony Pollard, now a star running back with the Dallas Cowboys, had only one carry for the Tigers. He caught two passes. Patrick Taylor was the leading rusher for the Tigers. He had 68 yards on 17 carries. Of course, Taylor would go on to play in the NFL, where he is with the Green Bay Packers. David Montgomery, now the Detroit Lions, the starting running back for Iowa State. He ended up going for 52 yards on 24 carries. The Memphis defense bottled him up pretty well. We'll see which stars come out of today's game as the Tigers and the Iowa State Cyclones have their rematch in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game. James Gaddis Jewelers, your bridal, engagement, and anniversary jeweler headquarters in 2024. Make sure you stop on by, see what they have to offer, whether you're looking for that special engagement ring, watches of all types, bracelets, necklaces, earrings, pendants, plus estate and vintage jewelry. It's James Gaddis Jewelers. Yeah, you also had uh, Lazard was the, and then you had Anthony Miller. There was a lot. The right. skill position players in that game were pretty impressive. Really impressive. By the way, we were talking about Purdy, and somebody texted in. And when I said I thought he was on the team, I didn't think he was like the – he was the third-string guy, I think, to start 2018. I thought in 2017 he may have been a redshirt freshman. I don't see that information anywhere, so I don't believe he was. No, I don't believe he joined the team. Yeah, until he started his freshman year in yeah, 2018. Somebody told me yesterday they thought he was a redshirt freshman on that team in 2017, but uh, apparently that's wrong information. But uh, started – well, started out as the third stringer and then moved up. Um, and had obviously a great career, but a career that would only get him Mister Irrelevant <laughs> as far as the NFL. But he became the, the starting quarterback history. his freshman year. Yes, but he didn't start out the year. He was the third string quarterback to start out the year. I was just reading about his bio, and then got his opportunities. They're not sure if he got his opportunities because of injury or because of uh, ineffectiveness by the other quarterbacks. But he got his chance. He seized the moment. But again, in the eyes of the NFL personnel, not the prototypical type quarterback you want in the National Football League. And he has uh, shut up a lot of the critics uh, 
with the games that he has put together. Had the bad game last time out with the four interceptions, but for the most part, he has been heaven sent for the San Francisco 49ers. We talked about the Grizzlies to open up the show, losing to Denver last night without Ja Morant, 142-105. They're back in action tonight against the Clippers. The Clippers are a six-and-a-half-point favorite, 9-30 start tonight out on the left coast, and no word yet on the status of Ja, Santi Aldama, and again, who knows who else could be affected by the bug that's going around for Memphis. Uh, bad timing with the team 4-0 since Ja's return, and then, of course, the first game that Ja can't go, they lose. And we talked about when Ja returned 57 games after being suspended for 25, that there's no way he's playing in all 57 games. I mean, let's be real. And here we are, game five of his return and not playing. And who knows if he'll play in game six. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, you know, John Conchar was back last night after missing the the previous game. Um, Now, uh, this is a back-to-back. So, hopefully, uh, Ja is able to go. And hopefully, Santi's able to go. And hopefully, nobody else um, has come down with this illness that's making its way around the team. I looked at Jitty's numbers coming back from the illness. He had 10 points, hit 4-9 from the field, but just 1-5 from 3. He had seven rebounds. He had three assists. He had two steals. He had a block. He was a minus 30 in 25 minutes. A minus 30. Uh, Bismack Biombo was a minus 28 in 22 minutes uh, last night. Well, Desmond was a minus 27 in 25 minutes. So everybody was a big minus. Except for Marcus Smart. when When you lose by a billion. Yeah, Marcus Smart was a minus seven. In his 23 minutes. Last night, NFL Week 17 kicked off with the Browns beating the Jets 37 to 20. As the Browns improved to 11 and 5, the Jets dropped to 6 and 10. Joe Flacco does it again. 19 of 29, 309 yards, three touchdown passes, did throw a pick six. But it's interesting since he took over. He's thrown a bunch of interceptions, but he's thrown a lot more touchdowns for a lot more yards and has led the Browns to victories in every single one of his start starts. Trevor Simeon going for the New York Jets. He also threw a pick six. So each team had a pick six in that game. Browns clinched the playoff spot, which is just amazing with what their quarterback situation has been. Um, four different quarterbacks and still finding a way to win. And, and what Flacco continues to do is is just crazy. Um, he's been absolutely terrific. And it's amazing that the one touchdown to Ford last night again, like he gets, teams get pressure on him. And you think Joe Flacco, like, okay, he can't possibly move. But he somehow, like, guys hit him and he stays on his feet, somehow gets out of there and then finds a guy and it ends up resulting in a big play. It happened numerous times to Amari Cooper last week and Amari Cooper's huge week. And then last night, that one results in a touchdown with Ford. Guys, like, can't bring him down and he just finds a way to keep the play alive just enough and find guys downfield. And it's a a pretty amazing story um, what he's done since coming in there and joining them as as the starting quarterback. Like I said earlier in the week, I would think DeMar Hamlin, just the fact that he was able to return and play, he hasn't played a lot for the Buffalo Bills, but to be able to return from what was death, right? His heart had stopped. They revived him. He was back, not only in uniform, but played some this year, that he would be the comeback player of the year. 
But right now, <laughs> you look at Joe Flacco. <laughs> the guy went from his couch to leading Cleveland. And when you look at Cleveland with that defense, led by Miles Garrett, who should get some MVP consideration, the Browns are going to be a tough out in the playoffs. If they go, let's say they it's crazy to think Cleveland goes to the Super Bowl. Are they bringing Joe Flacco back next year? All the money they're spending on Deshaun Watson? They might bring him as a backup, regardless of whatever happens. He shouldn't be the backup. If you if you could play this well and you lead your team to new heights, you deserve to at least go in there as the starter. But you're right. When you invest in so much money, more than likely you're going to get the benefit of the doubt or you're going to give the benefit of the doubt to that guy. Now, Denver cut ties. I don't believe that's going to happen with Cleveland. But Deshaun Watson, just he has to get on the field. And it has been a debacle ever since that huge signing. I, Garrett Wilson last night for the Jets went over 1,000 yards for a second straight season. I feel so sorry for that dude. He's got 2,000-yard seasons two years, and he has had pure garbage throwing him the football for two years. I, if that dude could – again, now Roger's getting hurt, but, but I want to see that dude with somebody who can actually throw the football to him and what kind of numbers he could put up. Right. Yeah, he's great. He's great. They've had four quarterbacks play, the Jets? Uh, well, they had one. Aaron Rodgers, he played three. But then they've had guys who have right. played the position. But just – Again, technically, factually, if you've played it down, you played. Aaron Rodgers, Tim Boyle, Zach Wilson, Trevor Semyon. That is that it? Have they had a fifth? I don't know if there's another one or not. How many teams that you could think of off the top of your head have had one quarterback the entire time? And I, I don't mean like they, they went out because of an injury. Like even if they went out of the game late in the game and another quarterback came in to kind of wrap it up, to mop it up, is there any quarterbacks that you could think of? I'm sure there are that have played every single down. Has Dak played every single down? No, not every single down. He's played. I mean, because there are a couple of blowouts. I'm, I'm Cooper Rush got in. Lamar, has Lamar Jackson played every single down? I, I I mean I don't I have no idea. I mean I don't the blowouts. I don't watch the end of the blowouts to see if somebody else came in and took a couple of snaps. I would I would doubt. That he has, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm just curious. Again, this is, I'm looking at the standings, so I don't have all the quarterbacks in front of me. But I'm just looking at the, uh, the top of my head. Miami, two of missed the game, didn't he? Didn't he? Wasn't there a game he didn't start? Or am I wrong about that? Because it would be Mike White, I guess, would be the backup. I believe there was. I don't know if he didn't start or if he got hurt in a game. But I think there was a. I think there might have been a game he missed. How about Josh Allen? And Allen's taken. I don't know. If there's he been may any, have been in there. I don't know if there's time. been any game where somebody came in and took a few snaps. Right, right. I would guess there probably has been, but I don't know. But you look at all these these teams: the Patriots, the Jets, the Browns, the Steelers, the Bengals that have played multiple quarterbacks, the Colts, the Texans, the Titans, uh, the Raiders, the Chargers, uh, the Giants, the Commanders. Golf has played pretty much the whole time for the Lions, I think. The Vikings have played three or four quarterbacks. Uh, Jordan Love may have played every game for Green Bay. Trying to think. Their backup is... uh, No, didn't Clifford come in and play a game earlier in the year? So I remember John Harden always calls him the big red dog. 
I laugh every time. I remember him saying that. So he may have played. Clifford may have played. Atlanta's played multiple quarterbacks. Saints, Derek Carr's been out. Um, Bryce Young missed a game. Andy Dalton played for him. Purdy missed a game, right? Didn't Purdy mm-hmm. miss a game? Dar- and uh, Darnold played. Rams have had multiple quarterbacks with Stafford hurt earlier in the season. Uh, Geno missed a game for the Seahawks. Drew Locke played one game. Arizona's had multiple quarterbacks. It's very, very rare that a quarterback has played in every game, let alone every snap, for their respective teams in the NFL this year. Uh, In the AFC, there have been three teams, including Cleveland last night, that have clinched playoff spots. So of the seven playoff teams in the AFC, Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland are the only three that have clinched. Kansas City hasn't even clinched. In the NFC, there are four that have clinched. What was that? Philadelphia, Dallas, Detroit, and San Francisco. Is that going off on your thing? It's like some dude from England talking. Um, Big Brother's listening. So seven of the 14 teams so far have clinched. So still a lot of spots open. Still a lot of intrigue going into... The rest of week 17 and then into week 18. Well, this is, I mean, again, when you get a ton of teams around 500, it's, it's, that's, that's what the league has become. Um, a bunch of teams around that seven and between and the end of the year, eight and nine and nine and eight and those types of teams. And so it takes a long time to sort it out. Um, okay. So we won't have a show on Monday. We'll be back on, Tuesday on January 2nd. So the national semifinal games are Monday. And we got a busy rest of the show coming up. Matt Dillon will talk Tigers basketball with the Tiger Basketball Report. That'll be coming up here in less than 10 minutes. Brandon Lang at 9.05 and the former NFL All-Pro linebacker Sean Merriman at 9.25. I kind of know where you're going with this. By the way, I, I think it's been a good pick by you all year long. I've been very impressed with the Texas pick by you. But in the national semis, I I just think Washington, I'm not saying they're winning a national championship, but Washington has kind of been that team that has been counted out. They've been counted out a couple of times against Oregon, beat them both times. I love Penix. I think he will be the surprise of the quarterbacks that go in this draft where he will end up going late first or into the second round. And I think he'll be the one that really stands out. I think they're going to beat Texas. I don't know why I think that way. But you have been on the Texas bandwagon since the beginning. So, again, I give you credit on that one. You like Texas in this one, right? Uh, I like Texas slightly. I mean, I think I think this will be a really good game. Um, I think it's kind of a toss-up game, which is no surprise. It's the two versus three. It should kind of be that. Um, but I, I have a slight – if I – a slight lean towards Texas. Do you think it's a high-scoring game? Uh, I don't think it's going to be crazy high-scoring, but I mean, there will be, be some points scored. The line is what right now? Do you know off the top of your head? I'm trying to look this up. I do not know what the line currently sits at. All right, let me see if I can find that. And then with the Alabama-Michigan game, it's just, look, I like Alabama. It seems like everybody and their mom that's not affiliated or associated with Michigan likes Alabama, which worries me a bit. It is one of those, although um, 
I don't know where all the betting money is coming in on that game. Um, and the fact that the line has not been moving in favor of Alabama. Now, maybe that is Vegas believes in Alabama um, and wants people to keep uh, or they, they, they Vegas likes Michigan wants people to keep betting on Alabama or whatever. Um, but the fact that the line hasn't been moving towards Alabama may mean that the betting money is not coming in there and maybe we'll get some late money on Alabama or whatever. Uh, but it does seem like everybody you talk to likes Alabama in that game. Yeah, it seems like everybody, and we've talked about J.J. McCarthy, who hasn't thrown for, what, over 100 and, what was it, 25 yards, 150 yards? In 150 last- yards in the last four, I believe it is. Yeah, so you're not going to throw all over the field against Alabama. Milrow is now a different player than he was at the beginning of the year, but yet Michigan remains a two-point favorite in the Rose Bowl. I'm, I'm sticking with my guns. I like Alabama, but I am a little concerned when everybody seems to be on the bandwagon. The Washington-Texas game, the Sugar Bowl game, is Texas by three and a half. Three and a half. So that's that's interesting. Again, I, I really like Washington to win straight up in this one, but I'd certainly, if I played the game, would take Washington uh, and the points. Corky's Ribs and Barbecue is a great option for lunch, for dinner, today, or any day. You can dine in at any of their four establishments. You can drive through, no contact delivery, pick it up, bring it home, bring it to your office, or have any of the services delivered to your home or office. They have specialized in catering ever since they came into existence about four decades ago. They could start you out as low as $8.99 per person. So if you got any uh, parties coming up, New Year's Eve party, any type of an event coming up, you want it catered, just contact Corky's. Also, you can reserve their private party room at either the Cordova or the Olive Branch location for a little anniversary, a little birthday party, whatever you got coming up in 2024. Delicious barbecue. In fact, slow-smoked barbecue that has been uh, putting smiles on people's faces for years and years. If you don't want to go the barbecue route one day, go on over there and have their award-winning catfish plate. It is delicious. Tamales are terrific. Even the burgers are fantastic. I love the rolls that you get with the meals, the cheese and sausage plates, the barbecue nachos. The wings are outstanding, plus amazing desserts as well. So if you're listening, you're in town, and you're going to the game today, and you're going to be around for the weekend, head on over to Corky's this weekend and enjoy yourselves some delicious Memphis barbecue. Poplar Avenue in Memphis, Poplar Avenue in Collierville, Germantown Parkway in Cordova, and Goodman Road in Olive Branch. Corky's Ribs and Barbecue open for lunch and dinner seven days a week. When we return, it's all about Tigers hoops. They return to action tomorrow. The 19th-ranked team in the nation. They host Austin P at 6 o'clock. we got the Tiger basketball report coming up with the professor, Matt Dillon. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Don't you just love it? Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy New Year. 
We will not have a show on Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday to usher in 2024. And happy AutoZone Liberty Bowl Day, as the big game will take place starting at 2.30 this afternoon at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, the Tigers and Iowa State. But now it's time to talk about the Tigers basketball team, and we do so with the professor, Matt Dillon. It's time to talk Tiger hoops. It's the Tiger Basketball Report with Tigers radio analyst Matt Dillon. The Tiger Basketball Report is brought to you by Central Barbecue, La Guadalupana, Car Corner on Mount Moriah, Dave and Buster's, Coletta's, Ben Swanger Glass, and Los Cabos on Summer Avenue. Now, here's Matt Dillon with Greg and Eli. Matt, I know today it's all about football for the Tigers, but tomorrow back at it, the Tigers basketball team now ranked 19th in the country. Good to have you on. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, end of the year with a double dip here for both of us. And let me say one thing, Greg. I pass on my snowshoes and warmers to you being on the sideline. <laughs> uh, I was there at the last Liberty Bowl and my feet were like, I mean, I just put blocks of rocks trying to walk around it was tough like i'm already anticipating my nose starting to run like i already feel like it's already <laughs> starting to run yeah it's going to be uh, it's going to be quite cold today but tomorrow night it'll be indoor it'll be 72 yeah. or thereabouts at uh, fedex forum the the game last saturday against vanderbilt and to a certain extent you can understand they're getting ready to to hit the road to go back and see family that maybe they weren't 100 percent into it then on the same token vanderbilt's in the same situation and they seem to play extremely well is this the type of game because they came away with the dub and didn't have this bad loss that is good for them Oh, I think it's a wake-up call. Uh, absolutely, there's no question about it. And it gives the coaching staff something to to talk about when they got back together after being gone for uh, you know two or three days or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's a game that'll get your attention, and you got to understand it. Gosh, you got guys that you know some of them have been here before, and some haven't been here before. You know, they've they've gone into one town or another, and you know, going to see relatives, whatever. And they're all all they're thinking about is getting on that airplane and getting out of here mm-hmm. for a little time off. And I think that's part of it as well. And, you know, it's been a pretty good uh, schedule, pretty difficult schedule. that They played, obviously, early in the year. And now, you know, Vanderbilt comes in. Team's supposed to be really good, you know, four and seven when they came in. Played outstanding game for them, no question about it. But I, I think that affected the team a little bit. And, I, and also, I think, too, you know, sometimes you got to have a little stinker in there a little bit every now and then. It seems like I don't care how many guys you have or not. And just weren't ready to tune to play, basically. I know coaches going to say, oh, yeah, they were. But we know these guys' ages. I mean, they, they see things and they, they read, you know, you know, publications about what teams are, you know, how good they are or not or whatever. It affects them a little bit. But uh, I think getting back and starting first with Austin P will be a good game to get this thing back in. You know, they practice a lot now with school being out so i think things will turn around the problem they're going to have to me is looking at the schedule in january i'm telling you fellas i don't know it's like right i think one of the difficult things i mean but one of the difficult things i think for this staff is me getting this team up for some of these games mm-hmm. in january because uh, it's just not a murderer's row schedule <laughs> 
in January, to say the least. Well, they, you know, we talked about last week with the Vanderbilt game. I mean, it, it certainly it's a game that you could understand where guys wouldn't be ready to go for that. And then, yes, this this conference schedule overall, it's 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 tough. Like you said, I mean, kids understand. Um, they look at it and they can look at records and everything else. And um, it's it, it could be hard to get the attention of some, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old kids to try and get them to play really hard when they just feel like all they got to do is go out there on the floor and they're probably going to win the game. Yeah, they get that attitude a little bit and it's natural. I mean, I, I did it back when I played. I mean, I did it with the teams. Uh, it just happens to you. But the, the thing about it to me is coming back in with the attitude, it's got to be right because, you know, th- this is a challenge for this team to get up and, and the problem you're going to have if, if they blast two or three teams early I mean, uh, this is going to be a breeze, you know, and I think that's one of the things that's going to be difficult. This is when your guys like Quinterly, your upperclassmen, mm-hmm. have to come and say, hey, guys, look now, it's not the way it is. You know, we've got another piece uh, in place now with Tomlin in there, and I think you know, you've got to incorporate him in as well. But the potential mm-hmm. certainly to be very good is there. Uh, I just don't know as a coach, and I, and I did it in high school, Eli and Greg, you know, coaching some. You, you do everything you can, but these guys have a mind of their own. <laughs> So that's one of the things you'll have to face. But I think and making the turn in the conference play certainly gets some different teams, some teams you haven't seen, you know, maybe, you know, in a year or so. Uh, hopefully that'll kind of kick them in the rear end a little bit and, and get them ready to play for some of these games. Well, the other thing is that they accomplished what they needed to accomplish. We we talk about it like a broken record year in and year out, Matt, that, oh, they had the opportunities early in the year with that big tournament they always play around Thanksgiving, and ah, they lost two of the three. Or they lost a couple of these big right. non-conference games. And I know they won some certainly as well. Last year they won a few of them. as, But this year they took care of business. So they have to have this renewed enthusiasm knowing that if they do what they're supposed to do in the conference that they could be a really high seed they're not looking at a 7 10 8 9 game again so that's just that's incentive in of itself just to know that you've already accomplished it you don't want to give it back now by having bad losses yeah you're right there's two things you're exactly right about that and that, that that's, that's a great point but and then then think about this now you know also you got to understand that schedule was cover what it's going to be. So, you know, yes. they accomplished that. You know, don't be just satisfied with that. I think that's the, the, the thing you got to look at, guys, in this, because now you're going back into conference play. You can't afford a loss to somebody that's way up in the net. That's mm-hmm. what you have to protect. You know, you, if you happen to lose a couple of these games, which you shouldn't, but when you're looking at the squads, that net's going to really start getting a hurt. And it already dropped for Vanderbilt. It went mm-hmm. down about 10 right there and that loss at home you know almost to them i mean it, it was uh, a two-point game and since the team it was four and seven so uh, yeah it, it's going to be a challenge to go up and down you know when you start getting in conference play everybody's pretty you know pretty familiar with you a little bit you know although the, we go to tulsa they got a brand new team almost i mean they got like three guys back on their team mm. last year they have no quad one or two wins thus far they won 10 games but they're 192 in the net <laughs> so i mean they beat some teams but really didn't do much good in the net ranking so there's the thing you get into them I and all these all these smu could be a game maybe that's a little dicey i guess they're 51 but uh, the rest of them in january I and mean, you look at it it's, it's going to be really difficult greg and eli to 
spur this team on. That's where they got to get together as well. As the coaching staff are part of it, it's the players themselves. They've got to get themselves. And, and sometimes you go in somewhere like North Texas, but you just got to generate your own momentum and take care of business. That's that's a hard thing to do. Tiger Basketball Report brought to you by La Guadalapana, Central Barbecue, Ben Swinger Glass, Coletta's, Car Corner on Mount Mariah, Dave and Buster's, and Los Cabos. So what did, uh, obviously, Naquan Tomlin comes in, he fires the three right away, hits that, place <laughs> goes nuts. Um, what were your impressions of his first game on the court with the Tigers? Well, the ability is obviously there, you could tell. And I, I, I got to give him credit for this. He, he wasn't bashful. <laughs> no, he he was first shy, then. Is that a better script written anywhere than that? I mean, he guns <laughs> it down, and the place goes crazy. But a lot of potential for him. Certainly, as we go along, his minutes are going to come up. There's no question about it. Now, I think one of the big things you ask yourself, maybe in the second part of the season, will this affect David Jones any number of shots for him? Uh, will, you know, will things like that, because he's having to carry the scoring right now. I mean, he, mm-hmm. He's got an all-American stance right mm-hmm. now, the way he's playing. But, you know, when you've got another guy like Nick Tomlin that can score, you know, he's going to swing the ball around. Will he, will he get shots? A uh, guy like Caleb Mills, is he going to be able to have opportunities as well? You know, he's two of eight against Vanderbilt. Uh, Walton's another guy that's dinged up a little bit right now. He really struggled in the Vandy game as well. You know, the roles will be redefined a little bit, Eli, now with Tomlin in the lineup. So uh, how much is Danvers going to play? There's questions that have to be answered because, the you know, the nucleus of the, of the lineup was there. Now you add another guy in there and inject him in there. That thing has to be settled out, no question about it. But I, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes in the second half. And one thing I don't want to see, and I don't think this team will do, I don't want the guys to get selfish for points, mm-hmm. you know, because some of these teams, you're going to blow them out, get them way in front, just, you know, just go with the flow and let this thing, it's a team effort. So, you know, don't worry about, you know, me getting 28 one night and then the next night I get 14 or whatever. You know, you're going to have to gel and mesh as a team. And the good teams are able to do that. And for the most part, this team has done that thus far. Do you- I think there's something to watch as we go in the second half and go into conference play. Yeah, Matt, do you do you expect to see, and I guess it would depend on who they're playing, but Tomlin and Dandridge at times playing together, or do you think basically it's Tomlin or Dandridge on the floor? I I don't see a lot of them there together. I, mean, I think in situations maybe you could, though. I mean, because there's nobody with the front line on this. And I rest from schedule, except FAU. Right. That's going to give them a lot of trouble. Now, you could use the foul trouble, things like that. Yeah, I mean, they could go inside, obviously. And, you know, Dandridge is going to be back inside more. And, of course, you got, you know, Tomlin be up on the area, on top of the keyhole or whatever. But, yeah, I don't see a lot of that, Greg. I mean, unless, you know, there's injuries or other things. Because you got Jordan, too. I mean, he can play the four or five. So mm-hmm. he's a very multiple player. So I don't think you'll see. Those roles change very much, but uh, healthy is going to be another thing. You got to stay healthy uh, the second half of the year. You know, like Walton's right now, he, his ankles bother him a little bit. He really could tell it in the Vanderbilt game. Two of ten, zero of six from three. Really struggled shooting the ball, and he wasn't one hundred percent. So keeping guys healthy is going to be very important uh, going down the stretch as well. And the, the roles are getting pretty well established, guys. There's going to be eight or nine guys playing most of the time. So if you're Somebody on that bench, and you try to get in that eight or nine slide. You got to come out. And you got to do something, right? When you go into the game. Now, we had Andy Borman on uh, as we do each week on Wednesday, and I asked him about Walton, and he said he's got a 
shoot himself out of it. Now he's talking about you know in practice putting the work in, but right. you know, what, a guy's won for his last twenty seven from three point range. When do you tell him to quit shooting? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> you would think so, but yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. Basketball is a nutty game. I mean, things just happen like that. But I like his potential, man. I tell you what, he is agile and timely. He's got a, a lot of ups to him, and you can and tell he's a very seasoned guy. Uh, he's going to go to the glass very well, and he is a problem and a load for people inside. The way the Tigers have that firepower, they're going to be very hard to beat in league play. It's going to be very interesting to see how this thing shakes out. The The game tomorrow, obviously Austin P not a yes. great opponent. Now, they do have a great player who's putting up some crazy Sharp. good numbers. Yeah, do. Although he doesn't shoot threes, which is amazing in the, today's basketball. Isn't to, nuts? to put up the numbers and hasn't yeah, made a three-pointer. He's over guard. 10. And then they also have Hansel yeah. Emanuel, which is a, is a great story. Obviously, the Tigers recruited him at one point. Uh, who's the, the, the kid who's missing one arm. So, right. certainly an interesting story there. But DeMarcus Sharp certainly is a kid who I mean, it's, his numbers are just bizarre, really, when you look at them and a kid to, to not make a three-pointer. They are incredible, no question about it. Very active guy. You know, he, he sets the table for him. There's no question about it. He's not bashful. There's not a shot he doesn't like. He's going to take. But he's got a great assist-to-turn ratio. I mean, the whole team, I mean, Gibson wiped out Northwestern State. I mean, he took six guys up there. He took eight staff members, too. Matt, you know that. He took eight combination assistant coaches and staff right. members and six players. He took the whole program. He did. He wiped them out. There's no question about it. And they played together, which I guess is a smart move. I mean, the way the portal is right now, you can do it. It's one of those things. That's where this thing has changed so much right. in football and basketball. You just don't know from one you know, semester to the next who's going to be playing almost. It's crazy. But, yeah, this is a team that's – you know, they're a decent club. They picked seventh or eighth in the Atlantic Sun. I mean, they're not a team that's, you know, in net. They're not very good or whatever. But a team that can scare you because they can score a little bit and they got a couple of guys that can bother you at the guard position. So that's one thing you got to remember, you know, to come out and you're playing Austin P, but still, you got to be ready to go. And this is the last free conference game. So Austin P is going to be a very important game to see. They're going to come in ready to play now, you know, with the connection with Coach Lose. Right. You know, Daniel on the team, they're going to come in. Rodney play Hamilton? Rodney Hamilton's on the right, staff? Rodney I mean, Hamilton. there's a lot of connections yep. uh, to, to Memphis. Okay, um, final thing for you, and I know there are new schools, new programs in the conference this year, and uh, I'm not sure if you've been to all the gyms, but who do you consider right now – to have the the toughest, and again, Memphis is superior to, to like all of them. I understand that, but who would you consider the two, three toughest schools as far as their arena for Memphis to go in um, and, and get W's? Like I said, they're going to be the favorite. They're going to win the bulk of them. But who would right. be the two or three you would put up as as the, like the toughest? Maybe the biggest challenge they would face. Well, uh, I think obviously Tulane is one of them because it's a cracker box place. Now, they're 8-3. They've been a little disappointing thus far this year. You know, we've had trouble down there in the past a little bit. I think that's a place you have to look at. Wichita State can be real loud. Now, they're 103 in the net, 8-4, and four, a team that could, has got some pieces that can bother you as well. SMU, it's a smaller gym. You know, they're 51 in the net. They're 9-4. and four. They, they are, you know, leaving the league and they're probably going to have me whipped up when the Tigers will play them. So we'll see about that one. Those are the, you know, Charlotte, it's been a long time since it's been there. Right. Very tough. Uh, East Carolina, obviously, is 
a small place, but gosh, they're they won seven games. And they really didn't beat anybody either. So I mean, no quad one and twos. And I'll tell you guys, I look down to quad ones and twos for this league. I'm sure, not very many of them. <laughs> not at ledger. all. Not at That's all. The problem. All right, Matt. I know, as you said, double duty. Got uh, work today for the uh, football game, and then of course tomorrow. You'll be on the call with Wolo on the radio side of things for the Tigers and Austin P. You can catch Matt each and every Friday during the Tiger basketball season talking with us with the Tiger basketball report. Thank you, Matt. I'll see you a little later. Okay, I'll see you in a few hours. And uh, Eli, happy uh, New Year to you as well, my friend. Happy New Year, man. Thank you, Matt. The Tiger Basketball Report brought to you by Car Corner on Mount Moriah, Los Cabos, Coletas, Dave & Buster's, Ben Swanger Glass, Central Barbecue, and La Guadalapana. Folks, if you've got a move coming up, maybe the new year means a new house. Maybe it means a new office. Maybe you've whatever it is that you've got a move coming up. Well, you want the professionals to help you, and that would be Black Tie Moving. 901-316-6196. 901-316-6196. Or you could go to blacktiemoving.com slash Memphis. Talk with the folks at Black Tie. They'll work with you coming up with a plan for your move that fits your needs, fits your budget, and they give you a no obligation quote up front so you know exactly what it's going to cost. And if you need them to uh, basically just pick your stuff up, move it, and drop it off, that's great. Maybe you want them to do packing and unpacking. Maybe you need some storage in a, in a little interim basis between the new place and the old place. Well, hey, that's they can take care of whatever it is. That's again, they're going to work with you coming up with that plan, fitting whatever it is that you need. So talk to the folks at Black Tie Moving. Again, 901-316-6196 or go to blacktiemoving.com slash Memphis. An honor for a former Memphis Tiger coach. We will talk about that, plus uh, give you our final thoughts on what we think will happen today in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game. And then coming up in hour number three, we'll have Brandon Lang. He'll handicap the Bowls and the NFL weekend. And then Sean Merriman will join us at 925, the former three-time NFL All-Pro linebacker. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. We are Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 WHBQ, available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app, and at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. To reveal the full spectrum of its dazzling color. Here once again. Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Well, I guess it's a consolation prize for his team not making the playoff, but nonetheless, it is a prestigious honor. And former Memphis Tiger, now Florida State head football coach Mike Norvell, is the winner of the Dodd Trophy, named after the great Bobby Dodd, awarded each year to the FBS football coach that best embodies the three pillars of success, scholarship, leadership, and integrity. So congratulations to Mike Norvell. Congrats. 
Again, nice. That hell of a job. Yeah, he did a great job, and, and obviously, got screwed over. Yep, obviously that's a uh, you know nice individual honor, and I'm sure he would trade it in every day of the week and twice on Sunday to get his team into a uh, a playoff spot, which they will not be in. And obviously, now with the bowl game against Georgia coming up, and a lot of eyes will be on that game, and probably all for the wrong reasons, because there'll be people just wanting to see. Georgia clobber Florida State, who has more than 20 players that have opted out, and then point fingers and say, see, we told you. Never should have gotten in. This proves it. I I would hope that there aren't very many people that, I, I would hope that by now people realize that that it was never going to be a, a prove it thing one way or another. I would hope that right. people now realize that. With, not a what, what Florida State's playing with. I don't think anybody will say that. Now, there might still be some idiots, but I would hope there are very few of those idiots out there. Yeah, I think they'll still be. Raider Corey Texas. I usually play some small wagers on bowl games. I'm no longer interested in just donating. These games are terrible and just a crapshoot. Can't wait for the real games to start on January 1st. Yes, again, I will. If you are betting on the bowl games, you're doing so at your own peril. You can find some. You might be able to find some that are, you know, because of opt-outs and things like you might think that the line's a little weird here because, well, this team's, you know, Oklahoma last night, I think, was, was had a bunch of offensive linemen out. Mm-hmm. So you can say, hey, wait, you know, this is a chance. They've got a bunch of offensive linemen out. They're probably going on the brand name of Oklahoma, and you take Arizona, you get a win. There's some of that stuff there. But I just, I have not placed a single bet on a bowl game, and I won't, other than possibly the the playoff games, I just don't, I don't, uh, I don't trust these other games and the teams and whoever, whatever players are playing in them. I'm with you 100%. I have not play, placed one bet either. We made our picks. Now, we made our picks kind of quick without really thinking about it. And we were just picking straight up. And I'm horrible. My picks are horrible. Nobody's good, but I'm I'm the worst of the three of us, meaning uh, greater along with Eli and myself. And just picking straight up. I don't know. All, we didn't know all the opt-outs at that time. But even if you know the opt-outs, it doesn't always mean that that team that is not dealing with opt-outs is going to win the football game. It is extremely hard to handicap. So just because the line is 10.5 today and Vegas feels pretty strong about Iowa State coming into Memphis and winning quite handily doesn't mean it's going to happen. Now, I agree with John Vartless. The line of scrimmage. Right there, if Memphis is blown off the ball, it could be a long afternoon. And Iowa State has a huge offensive line. And they have those big tight ends. And it's going to be a challenge for the Memphis defense that many times this year found themselves in precarious situations, giving up big chunks of yards. Then again, they also had moments where they made big stops on fourth down and got the ball turned over to the offense and came back and won football games. It's a great challenge for Memphis. It's not just because it's here in Memphis and it's a game that I cover, but I really do believe that it's a couple of teams that care to be there, a fun little matchup, a challenge for a a team like Memphis to go up against a Big 12 opponent. I hope that they play the, the, um, what the renovations are going to look like, that video. I hope they play that at some time. I don't know if they're allowed to or they can or they want to. I know the school would want to. But it'd be kind of cool for anybody that's here from Iowa State and any Big 12 officials that may be here just to kind of see where that stadium is going to be 
several years years from now, knock on wood. But as far as this game itself today, I I, I don't know, Eli. I, I would certainly, if I bet it, and again, don't bet on these bowl games, I would take Memphis in the points. I would lean toward Iowa State straight up, money line. How do you see this game? Yeah, I would. I would. I mean, at ten, I mean, I, I would. I would take the Tigers and the points certainly if I was betting it. Um, I think it could be a just make. I, I don't think there will be a ton of points scored, and if I don't think there's gonna be a ton of points scored, I'm gonna take ten points. Right. Iowa State's not slinging it around the field. That's not their. That's not their offense. Their offense is is ground and pound. They'll throw the ball. Don't get me wrong, but. They will run the ball behind those linemen, and they are effective in running the ball. And defensively, they're not a big blitz team. They do a good job in sticking in their lanes. Really good coverage. They'll drop eight a lot. They'll make it tougher to go down the field for Memphis. Uh, An interesting name to keep an eye on for Memphis is Joe Skates, who played at Iowa State, to maybe get an opportunity on a a long pass with – Joe Skates, who has been, you know, for the most part, pretty solid, but he's had times where he's dropped one in his hands on a nice pass from Hennigan, getting behind the defense, and others where he's hauled it in for a touchdown. So he's their kind of big play guy. Maybe they'll take a shot as long as Seth has that type of protection. I I don't think you want Seth running too much, but I could see where some quarterback draws will come into play in this game because usually with Iowa State, maybe a little bit softer in the middle of their defense. But again, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it could be fun and a chance for Memphis to do something they've only done four times. We've talked about the uh, the Tigers and the offensive linemen that have opted out of this game and hit the transfer portal. The Athletic um, has, an, has a story up about McKaylin Pounders and his full circle now back to Mississippi State. And I did, I did not know that his recruiting history with Mississippi State and then flipping to Ole Miss and then Ole Miss dropping him at the last second. And Jeff Levy, who was a recruiter at Ole Miss, it was at Ole Miss at the time, and now he's going back and playing for Jeff Levy at Mississippi State, where he was originally committed to. Now, you talk about a full circle. This yes. is a full circle. But The Athletic has a story up about a very interesting story to, to see how that has worked out for McKaylin Pounders and, and how he and Jeff Levy now back together, despite he kind of got spurned a little bit by Jeff Levy at Ole Miss during his original recruiting. Yeah, with the chance now to basically transfer at the drop of a hat, there can be a lot of relationships that are rekindled around the country, whatever the situation may be, uh, as players get those opportunities to, to move on. And a lot have, uh, not a lot, but some have certainly come back and, and as you said, do, did the full circle, uh, have gotten another opportunity with a different coaching staff at the same place. I mean, there's just a lot more opportunities for players, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Hey, if you're ready for a new Silverado, All-Star Chevy in Olive Branch has financing down to 1.9 or up to 10000 in cash, plus make no payment for 90 days. That's a great way to start out the new year. Tahoes, Equinox, Trailblazers, 
They have those red tag deals on all these vehicles, plus families got to love the Traverse. How can you not love the Traverse? Got the third row seat. You got a bigger family. You can drive around the country in luxury in that beautiful Traverse. Military, teachers, college students, healthcare workers, you get an extra $500 bonus. If you want a certified pre-owned Chevy or any pre-owned vehicle, All-Star is loaded up with them. If it's not there when you walk around the lot, just ask Jeff. He'll find it for you. That's a guarantee. Kevin and Jeff want to wish everyone a happy new year. Remember, it's not South Haven, not Mount Moriah, not Bartlett or Collierville. It has to be Olive Branch. Find new roads to All-Star Chevy today or go to allstarautogroup.com. When we come back, we open up Hour 3, our final hour of the year. We'll do so with Brandon Lang. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.